Hey everyone, it's Janelle with the Real or No Real podcast. Okay, I know it's been a while, but things have been a complete whirlwind for quite a while now. And I've just been so busy with the elections before, during, and especially now after. Not that I'm surprised about the results, but we can go into that at some other point. But anyway, time just went by and escaped me. And all of a sudden, you know, it just, it got by me. I, I'm, I'm, I completely lost my train of thought. Where was I? Kamala, what was I talking about again? Um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. Oh, right. right? The significance of the passage of uh-huh. time. So uh, when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time oh, in terms of what we yeah. need to do to lay yeah. these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. Sure. And there is such great significance to the passage of time uh-huh. when we think about a day in the life of our children. Okay. Right. Uh, okay. Um, well, thank you for that. Cause yeah, I kind of forgot where I was, but, um, anyway, yes, a lot of time went by and here I am again. I will be focusing on all of the most important hot topics, but what I want you to know is it's going to be solution oriented. There's so much that I want to get out to you guys in terms of how to get involved, no matter what the issue is. And of course, none of us can tackle all of the issues. It's just too time-consuming and too overwhelming. So I'll be going over all kinds of issues that are deeply impacting our country right now and our world and ways we can get involved. So that said, I've got a whopper of a real or no real for you right now. This is going to blow your mind. Okay, here we go. Real or no real? Three extremely dangerous, angry men angry about how one of their elementary school children was being treated at school. They barged super aggressively into the school, shouting, using profanity, physical force even. Oh, and they were armed with zip ties. And they threatened to tie up the principal with them so they could kidnap her because of the way the school had been treating this kid. Ah, that's a not real, not real at all. Not even close. So I'm going to give you the story about what really happened. But before I do that, I want to give you a little bit of a background on one of the men involved who has become a good friend of mine. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is a good, solid man who just wants to help and has done so repeatedly with his community, his family. He helps people. He's as morally and ethically sound as you can possibly get. So let me give you a little bit of background about Kelly. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? Wait. I didn't think she was was going to be here to help make this. Joe, there is no Jackie involved. I don't even, I think Jackie's dead, actually. But yeah, no Jackie in this story. The Jackie you're looking for is is dead. Uh, sorry. Yeah. You knew that because you expressed condolences when she died, but then you keep asking for it. It's kind of kind of weird. Anyway, let me tell you about Kelly. So Kelly and his wife and kids lived in Oregon until 2017. And the reason they left is to escape the extreme left-wing progressive people that were just treating him and his family despicably. They were very anti-everything, very anti-male, very anti-traditional, anti-Christian, pretty much everything that Kelly and his wife stand for. And they couldn't just let them be. They had to constantly be on the attack. So they left. 
They moved to Tucson, Arizona. Again, this was in 2017 when they moved there. And they put every single penny they had into opening a coffee shop called Viva Coffee Shop. Well, everything was going along pretty well, and they got their business started up a lot more quickly than many businesses do. But when COVID hit and people were concerned about their children, they were wondering why things weren't adding up in terms of what they were being told to do, in terms of social distancing, wearing masks. And then, of course, later on, so many people had lost their livelihoods or were worried that they were going to lose their livelihoods. People were stressed. And this coffee shop was a place for them to go to lean on each other and help each other figure things out. Kelly himself had been the health editor-in-chief in a health information company. And so he knew a thing or two about the data. He knew how to look it up. He knew a lot about it before it was publicly announced to the majority of us. So he and his wife provided that coffee shop, even though it was a lot of hard work and they weren't making hardly any money from it. It was really hard, a lot of long hours. But again, they wanted people to seek refuge there so they could help as many people as they could. So they also held some meetings with medical professionals there at the coffee shop that would present data, real data, not just quote-unquote the science, but real data about mask efficacy and early treatments and all kinds of things. So people could try to get some type of understanding about what was going on and how to stay healthy, how to stay out of the hospital or worse. And of course, they also flew the American flag out front. And, you know, we're living in a time where that's actually controversial, which is absolutely crazy to me. But I know that's very real. When all that rioting was going on for months and months on end, they held some back the blue events. And of course, again, there's a segment of the population that just takes offense to being on the side of the cops who are being constantly attacked along with regular citizens violently. You know, you all saw it too. So the county and basically those who were beholden to the COVID narrative went after their coffee shop. The health department actually had listed them as not being compliant and they actually had passed the compliancy test. So they contacted them and they said, oh, our bad, but that's going to take two weeks to take that off of our website. So in the meantime, they were attacked online and given poor reviews from people they had never met and they were pretty sure they had never served at their coffee shop. There's more to the story about the coffee shop, but what you need to know is that they weren't making much money from it at all. It was really a lot of hard work and they were doing it to provide a service to the community which was something that the community really, really needed and were thankful for at the time. And unfortunately, they ended up losing the coffee shop. But let's get back to what really happened at the school. So the day of the school incident, he received a frantic text from a friend of his who had a child in the school who was being assaulted because he wouldn't wear a mask. And the father had told him not to wear a mask under any circumstances because he had learned that they were very harmful, in fact. Not just were they not helpful, but very, very harmful for kids especially. But the school forced him to wear the mask, and they said they were going to quarantine him. And so it turned into something bigger. This did not sit well with his father, and he felt that his child was being mistreated. 
So he wanted to go to the school and Kelly, along with another guy, wanted to go there and support their friend and see what they could do to help him and stand behind him. So I think they got there at separate times. I think Kelly got there a little bit later than the other two, is my understanding. Doesn't really matter. What matters is he walked in, and this is all on video, by the way, a long, long, I think there's like an hour and a half or so of footage, enough footage that you can see exactly how they all entered very calmly. Now, Kelly, when he walked in, he forgot to sign in. He was just told to go right to the principal's office, which was right there. And they never stopped him and said, you need to sign in. It wasn't like that. So he went there and they talked to the principal for quite a long time about their concerns. Again, you can watch the video. None of them were ever violent, aggressive, posturing themselves in any way they were sitting the entire time, actually. They weren't threatening. They definitely weren't shouting. No profanities used. And on top of it all, most certainly did not have zip ties, nor were they planning to tie this principal up with them and kidnap her. Yet that's what the school spread all over the media. I'll get into that in a little bit. So while they were there, Kelly called a state senator for advice on what to do. And the senator told them to ask the school to provide a written document with their COVID policy because he was told they could sue and were told to leave after they received it, which they did. It took a while to get that document. There was a lot of waiting involved, but again, really a calm, cool, collected situation. Nothing like the picture that the school tried to paint. And by the way, the fathers were the ones that called the police, and the police said they wouldn't come because it was too controversial to come to the school. But it was the fathers that called the police. It wasn't the school. The school ended up calling the police after the fathers had already left. So as a result of the school calling the police... Three days after the three fathers were there, I think it was five cops that showed up to Kelly's home to issue him a ticket. The ticket was for criminal trespassing. And this all tied back to the fact that he hadn't signed in when he walked into the school. Again, all on video. And in that video, too, you can just see them from their angle, just having a discussion with the teacher. She didn't look scared. At most, she looked slightly annoyed. But she did not look scared, definitely not terrified. I saw no zip ties. Anyway, it's just disgusting because there's a video of her talking to the media and throwing out all these terrible accusations about how scared she was. And, you know, they attempted to kidnap her with zip ties. It's just they were using profanity and physical force, all these things that did not happen. As a matter of fact, it was established in court and affirmed by the prosecution that Kelly did not attempt to do a citizen's arrest, state that he was going to make a citizen's arrest, use zip ties, threaten to use zip ties, make any move towards staff that could be considered threatening, do anything in any way threatening, make any verbal threat, shout, or use profanity. All of that was established in court, that he didn't do any of those things. Of course, you know, once a school gets together with the media and passes out this story far and wide, it's hard to get your own individual story out. And that's why I feel the need to help Kelly spread this story far and wide. And there's actually a video of AOC interviewing this principal, and they're both constantly wiping their 
crocodile tears. It's just so disgusting, the lack of moral character you have to try to pull this off. I did want to make a quick note that I forgot to mention earlier. Kelly didn't have kids in the school at the time that he went with the other fathers to help them. He and his wife had already pulled them out due to the COVID policies and the CRT and all that indoctrination being taught in their schools. So they had decided to homeschool and had already taken their kids out. They did this because, by the way, teenage depression and suicide rates had skyrocketed at this point. But again, he cared about his friends and still had friends and family with kids within the school and the school district. So he had a court date a few weeks ago, and this judge, it's just unbelievable. The judge ruled that Kelly was guilty because he's a big man and something could have happened. That was the ruling. Now, this judge, by the way, had been reappointed even after the city magistrate merit selection commission, which is a review board, made the rare recommendation that the city council vote against reappointing this judge, named Geraldine Hale, by the way. That's the judge's name. They said when reviewing Hale's performance, the magistrate commission found reports of the judge being abusive toward parties and councils, having trouble understanding basic legal principles, and failing to afford due process to defendants who come before her. That pretty much tells you everything you need to know. By the way, there had been two other judges who had dismissed the protective order that had been filed against Kelly. And here's a short recording of one of the judges giving his opinion and his ruling on it. I listened to the tape and a couple things I noticed. One, the defendant never raised his voice. I listened to the tape. He never stood up, which I found very significant because you're right. His size would be intimidating if he stood up and got in the face, but he did. He sat down the whole time. That was the one thing I was looking for is what steps he did. I mean, what he did is he disagreed with you. That's not disorderly conduct. That's not rude. That's not threatening. You guys don't get to define how people disagree with you. School districts don't have that right. Citizens have that right. I'm dismissing your order. Wow. By the way, isn't it great to hear a judge having common sense and ruling according to the actual law? I'm learning about way too many judges that are not respecting the law. They don't care about the law. They just rule based on what's best for them, whether it be they have particular leniencies, bias. And in some of these bigger cases, they're threatened and they're bribed. I mean, there's just so much more to all of this than I ever realized before. Back to Kelly's situation. So since that judge ruled against him and found him guilty, he is now scheduled for an appeal. If they find him guilty then, he's looking at up to 90 days in jail, although he thinks it would be whittled down to 30, and a $10,000 fine. Joe, I know you're busy playing some music right now, but what are his lawyer fees for the appeal? You can keep playing your music. I, I'm just curious. Over a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. Billion, a trillion, seven hundred billion, and a trillion, three hundred million billion. That, uh, that sounds, that sounds incorrect. Hold on, I'm, I'm just gonna look it up. Hold on. Okay, yeah, it's, uh, it's fifteen thousand dollars. So, um, that just kind of came right out once I saw the figure. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to. Anyway, 
By the way, I told you to stop talking about your butt being wiped. Nobody cares. We're proud of you. We know it's a huge accomplishment, but really, we just really don't want to hear about that kind of thing, okay? Just go find your wife and go to an ice cream shop or something. Jackie, where's Jackie? I show us something to help make this a reality. Your wife's name is Jill. Jackie's dead. Moving on. By the way, just to show you the kind of character Kelly and his wife have, he was actually offered a settlement with the county that would award them $2 million. But they did not agree to it because it came with a gag order. And Kelly and his wife aren't about the money. They're about what's right. It just says so much about his character. They could have easily have taken that money and gone and lived a pretty comfortable life. Much less stressful. So here's the important part. I know we're all being stretched thin with inflation and high prices everywhere. But if you can just donate a teeny tiny amount, $5, $10, whatever you can afford, Kelly and his family have been vilified and demonized for far too long. So I'm asking for your help. If you are willing to, I'll have the link in the notes. But it's linktapgo.com forward slash Kelly. And he says what he'll do with that money is obviously to help pay the lawyers. And he wants to file a civil suit against the city and the media for what they did to him, and then put the rest of it toward people that have lost their businesses, their houses, everything that has been lost. He wants to be able to help those people rebuild their lives too. So again, that just tells you what a stand-up character he is. Also, he has a podcast called Freedom Talk, and his handle is at Real Freedom Talk. He really provides a lot of valuable insight. And for me personally, it has just been very inspirational and hopeful and helps remind me to be courageous because we're all at a point where we need to do that. It's now or never, folks. And one last side note, he does write for the Epoch Times, which if any of you have read it, it's an outstanding news organization. They too have so much courage and have gone through so much just to try to get the truth out to people. So I'm not at all surprised that Kelly writes for them. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure to tune into future episodes too, because I know a lot of organizations, communities, and groups, and sites that you can go to to get involved and make a difference in any one of these issues or however many of these issues that you're willing to really dive into, get involved with, and help make a difference. So see you next time. 